Katie, calm down! Let her go! Megan, turn off. Are you sure? You know what happens to bad boys that don't mind their manners? They grow up to be bad men. I thought I heard something. It sounded like Megan. If she comes in this room, I'll rip your head right off your neck, I swear to God. Hear me out. This is my pitch to you. All right. Okay. Picture this for a movie. Yeah. All right. We're outside the Drake and Josh house. Okay. <laughs> we we go in. It's Megan's 16th birthday. She just got her license. Uh -huh. Yay, right? Yeah. Walter and her and her mom get her a car. She's so happy. You know, she drives that car. We see her we see her pull out and then we just hear like a swerve and a crash. She blows up and dies. Okay. <gasps> Okay. okay. Black, five years later, you know, uh -huh. Walter, uh, stricken with grief, um, decides <laughs> to contact, has been in contact with an AI robot development company. Okay. Oh, my God. He's like, we can upload her memories to this AI. And it's like, Megan was never gone. All right. Mm -hmm. Introduce Megan. They bring back Megan. But this is the twist. Turns out, Drake and Josh were tired of all of Megan's pranks. They were gonna kill her. And with the help of Mindy Crenshaw, they actually cut the brakes on her new car, killing her. Wait, who's Mindy Crenshaw? Oh my god, this man. This <laughs> you don't know your Drake and Josh characters? That's no. the girl that would always beat Josh. Oh, but that secretly liked him? Yeah, and then okay. they got together. Yeah, she I, was I the one that. that cloned her uh her cockatoo. Here we go. Megan <laughs> back artificial memory but she knows right she's smart so oh, the rest shit. of the film is her getting revenge on on everyone who killed her oh my god and that's my um pitch for a new um megan tie-in uh drake and josh nice i honestly thought you were gonna make a joke about uh drake bell molesting her or something Ooh, ooh, yeah. That that's actually it. Megan is actually um, hosting a sting operation. Um, where, oh my god, that would be like a modern if they brought like Drake and Josh back. Like Megan pranks Drake by catfishing him as like a fourteen-year-old girl and taking him to a sting house, and somehow she gets in contact with Chris, Chris Hansen. Hansen. Yeah, he guest stars yeah, that episode. Yeah, and the whole episode, Josh is just like, Drake, I'm telling you, there's this show Dateline on NBC. It could be one of those. And Drake's like, oh, no, that's not around anymore. You know? And then Josh will, like, go with him just to make sure he's safe, and then Chris Hansen walks in. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Did I have that right? That I mean, awesome. It was Drake Bell that, like, got, like, in yeah, trouble for yeah. Okay, all right. He was, like, sexting minors. That's... Okay, I thought that was... <laughs> I thought that was what yeah. happened to him. I knew something very bad happened to him. Um, yeah, he's had a slew of problems. He got like a bunch of DUIs. Oh god. He was saying like a bunch of hateful shit against like trans people like years ago. That's horrible. He um I don't know if you've um like listened to his music. Um No. <laughs> I one day I was just curious. I was like, what is Drake Bell up to? So mm -hmm. I looked it up and it's fucking like erotic Spanish music oh okay. like he's singing in spanish and and the music videos have a lot of very almost naked women um that he's kissing and rubbing up against and it's just it's very strange didn't picture that that's bizarre um, i actually have so. heard that his music is not super popular in the u.s but it is like oh. in mexico so I oh so he like you know when like those people always comment like come to Brazil to all like the pop stars yeah yeah exactly so he like was like for the first time like I'll roll with it that's all I got yeah he's just gonna cater to specifically mm. that crowd <laughs> that makes sense then it's like how like K-pop is like huge here so like the K-pop people cater to like Western audiences yeah yeah I've noticed that I didn't know that if that was like a agreed upon thing or not. That's yeah, I mean it's popular there, but I think it's like they make way more money here. That makes just sense. Selling shit to kids, us gringos, we just us. love to pop up uh, <laughs> what we view as foreigners. We just yeah. we love that. It's almost like because we have no identity of our own. 
It's kind of true. Our, Therefore, we <laughs> cling on to brands and political views. Well, we do have an we have an identity, but it just sucks. No one likes it. <laughs> yeah, our identity is covering up all the terrible shit we did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it's like yeah, like fried chicken. Like we just eat fried foods and McDonald's. It's like and yeah. and it, I, it once you experience other cultures, you realize, wow, we don't have one. <laughs> no, yeah. Our Ew. culture is cheese. We breaded and put in a deep fryer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the one thing and there's I think nothing we, wrong with that. <laughs> the one thing I think we actually do have culture that's unique to other people is, um, and it's it's it was made through a bunch of misery for one, which is horrible. But I mean, like African American culture, like rap, like um, oh yeah, that's pretty unique to us, and that's a pretty popular I would thing. Say that, yeah, like that's that's the one thing I think. Now we don't value as we much got... as we should in America yeah. when really it's like one of the uh it's like a cultural touchstone of our nation. That's like what kind of makes us yeah. unique and important compared to other people. That's true. But yeah. And know. and the reason it is because of all the poverty and Exactly. Skid rows and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like this horrible thing. Like nothing about it nothing about our image <laughs> nothing, makes us look good. good Nothing good came from America that didn't start miserable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or someone doing terrible things for their own profit. Right. <laughs> Just like Hollywood. Which we we I have to say we're kind of leading in the in the entertainment industry. Um, sure. <laughs> considering we just make movies for China. You know? Yeah, basically. Of Americans will like it. China <laughs> wants to see a fucking planet explode in a spaceship, sure. <laughs> but they don't want to see black people. No. Yeah. No. What, what we, what Captain we, Marvel what... isn't hot enough. <laughs> that, that was a thing. <laughs> they complained. Really? Yeah. They oh. thought Brie Larson wasn't hot enough. Oh, I think she's attractive enough. Hey, not to Chinese people who want to see Megan Fox. That's, yeah, that's true. Speaking of no. Megan Fox, Megan looks a lot like Megan Fox. Is that the tie-in? Wait, were you doing a tie-in? I was. Do you beat me to the tie-in? <laughs> I thought I would take the opportunity to make a terrible oh. joke. And thank you. <laughs> thank you. You lifted that burden from me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time to get into Megan. Yeah, which um, I will say this this movie I feel like has been advertised for the last two years, and you you couldn't escape it anywhere. Yeah, it and feels like that. No one knew what it was. They they just knew uh, Blumhouse James Wan is attached to it, and it's <laughs> and it's a Megan. Right. <laughs> it's it's if Chucky was hot. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which is not a good way to say it, because it's supposed to be a child. <laughs> it's um, true. <laughs> but it's, it's, like, it's like a yazified Chucky. Yeah, she like, is like a Bratz doll. Yeah. A robotic Bratz doll, basically. It's yeah. like a modern... It's like a Bratz doll if it was an AI and was in the TikTok era. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this movie, it had a really bad first trailer. Yes. That I think it just made everybody annoyed and laughed at because the trailer was very stupid well, looking. Yeah. I think the issue is I don't think they knew what they wanted to market it as in the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's clear watching it is a comedy. Oh, absolutely. But I think they were really banking on... Um, making it like ooh maybe like like honestly okay blumhouse is made for teenage girls right yeah <laughs> that's that's it well all right let's make this uh, movie five million dollars okay ooh like you know it's just like a roller coaster ride you go you get scared out of the lot like okay you know 14 year old girls with their friends will want to see this on a friday night after school you know and they go like ooh i'm so scared you know mm -hmm. that that's that's blumhouse's bread and butter right and that's fine because it funds them to do other stuff like nope and halloween and and all this other shit. True. And I feel like Megan was that genre. That's what it looks like. But the movie itself 
isn't. So I think it was very difficult because they were like, how can we get reach the most audience that want to see something scary? Mm-hmm. And then the people like us that will want to see something fucking dumb. Yeah. It was I was thinking this while I was leaving the theater. It was like it's very much like a have have your cake and eat it too situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they're like they like it's like a very schlocky concept, which is like you know, like a, a doll who looks like I don't yeah. know, like it, it looks beautiful by conventional beauty standards and like it's like a scary like doll that goes around and murders people you know Mm -hmm. that's a very schlocky idea yeah but then like they actually turned it around and made it something that is watchable and is actually pretty good Um, yeah and but then it does go into b-movie territory especially at the end oh yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) which we'll get into um but 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 for those um i guess who hasn't uh been on the internet or have a tv for the last year uh i get megan is essentially what you just described is a uh a, a fully ai doll like the first of its kind Whoa. um and it is made to basically link up with a child and honestly like take care of them yeah which is kind of like the main theme of like surrogate mothers and stuff like that mm-hmm. um or like if uh like what's the point of a parent if technology can just do it mm-hmm. you know uh and then i will just say i guess megan takes her job of protecting the child very seriously um and 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 does not care about lives and learns learns very quickly about <laughs> um mortality yeah <laughs> that humans can die and she can't <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this so, is like th- this, a much better yeah. version of like the Child's Play reboot. I I was getting a lot of the vibes yeah, from that. It's very but, similar. But I think the the difference is that I would I would say that movie is a comedy like it knows it's funny. It knows it's goofy. I mean it's Chucky, you know, he says funny things. Yeah. Where I feel like Megan is definitely more of a dark comedy where there's no real jokes. Like like there's no there's no like moments to like cue the laugh track, you know? Oh it's it's like the the moments are just so absurd that it's funny. Yes, yeah. Where cause like okay, I saw this in a theater, there wasn't a lot of people, but I was the only one laughing. <laughs> and I felt fucking insane. Because I'm like, this is the funniest shit I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's so funny. And no one was like everyone was just like, oh okay. Like just watching it. Yeah, I got that. I got that impression too. Or it's like, um, it was. It, it's funny, like that. It, it like plays on a lot of like cliches. Yes. Um, like I noticed that very early on. One scene I'm, I'll mention when I knew it was one that was it was the scene when I knew I was gonna like really like this movie was when um, they're like first demonstrating Megan's abilities with the uh-huh. child, and they're in that like testing room, and then yeah. Megan is like drawing that picture. Yeah, and she like uses like two highlighters on it or something, and yeah. then and then the girl takes a picture. Oh, there's nothing on this, Megan. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then Megan like like knocks over like a jar mm-hmm. of water, and then it gets all over. And then oh my god, they're like magic markers. And then the real and it's like this when the the picture is revealed from the water, it's like this elaborate like picture. Yeah. But it's like what that you you were using like two highlighters and you like scribbled a little bit. Megan's just that good. <laughs> and then there's this there's this like a magnificent like picture that gets resulted from that. Mm-hmm. I feel like goofy stuff like that was like yes. purposely so silly and like it's playing on cliches where it's like it's just so it's like a cliche taken to such a ridiculous point that it comes around to being like funny. Yeah. Like, like like it knows it's dumb. Right. And it's going to own it. Yeah, exactly. The other scene that was like that too around then was um with the boss when he when they first introduce her boss and he comes down and like oh, yeah. he can't you like can't get in the door. And it's like yeah. it's such like a stereotypical like you know, he's like the mean grumpy boss. But and mm-hmm. again it's like taken such an extreme that it's like so yeah, funny. Every character is an extreme. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every everyone, this is what I liked about it. I thought it was kind of genius in a way. Cause it it does that stuff where it's like it plays on those cliches and it like is funny in that way. 
but then it also has like an actual emotional core to it because like yeah. i felt that the the um the character who makes megan i don't remember her name but i felt like her and then oh Gemma. Um, Gemma. yep that's it Gemma, and then the um the do- the daughter of her sister that she adopted yeah um, katie katie that's right yep and i felt like their story was pretty like um emotional and it wasn't really like played for laughs too much no and i they think, never used it right i think for that, that yeah that helped me like um it it, it that that helped the movie a lot to like propel you're, you're it invested and, in the character right yeah exactly. on top of this fucking goofy movie yes <laughs> well one thing i would compare this to a lot is malignant yeah um yeah. just in the fact where it fully commits to being dumb <laughs> and i respect the hell out of that i don't know i i think this is this is what malignant was trying to do but this actually succeeded yeah like i that's fair because like i i never was really emotionally invested in any of the characters in malignant oh no or like i was doing a lot of it and that stuff was funny it's the more just like stuff. who done it yeah who done it stuff yeah and like i felt like this was like and this is James Wan attached to it again. I know he's just producing yeah. it. I think this time, but yeah, it's like you, you could tell that it was that same idea. I could I could see them writing this movie and like giggling to themselves when they're writing right. it. Like, oh no, you know they were having a blast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, like, I would say like some of the s- situations in this, there's stuff like we would come up with. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, like when we're watching a movie, they're like, "It'd be funny if like this happened." Like this character did this, and there are moments where like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, okay, let's let's get into the funny stuff. We'll try to stay um spoil as spoiler free as much as possible. Okay. Um, but one of those moments that I I was I knew that was the moment I knew this movie was awesome is the like the one of the first times we see Megan like kill, um. And she, like, scares this boy, and the boy's running. And then she fucking turns into, like, a dog, where she starts running on all fours like an animal. (laughs) yeah. And it is the funniest thing ever. (laughs) Part of what makes that funny is, like, it's, like, not really even scary. It's, like, she's not moving fast enough for it to be scary. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, like... If you're gonna make that scary, you like have her like run like inhumanly fast or whatever. But mm-hmm. it was like she was just like running at like a normal speed that like a horse girl would run. Yeah, she was yeah, doing like that. Horse girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they programmed the horse girl gene into her. Yes. <laughs> but I I just think it's so funny because like her her goal is to basically appear like a friend to never like break that facade. But then the second she goes into kill mode. It's like, okay, I'm a monstrosity now. And then just starts running on all fours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, that and then awesome. in that same same scene, too, like right before she does that, she literally makes a Shrek line where she's like, this is the part where you run away. Oh, yeah. And the kid starts running. And I was like, oh, my God, that is straight from Shrek. It is. <laughs> the... <laughs> the the one part which might be my favorite moment in the the whole movie and I was I was absolutely losing my mind in that theater when when Katie was sad and she's like in her bed at night um and Megan gives her like an uplifting like you know motivational speech and then to put her to bed she sings like a lullaby version of that song Titanium oh god yeah that was so funny. I was losing my yeah. mind. I was, that's when I realized, I'm like, okay, yeah. this movie is kind of smart. <laughs> yeah. Where they just thought that was funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> it works on and, multiple and, levels for me because I was thinking, during, it's like funny. It's like, it's so cringy that it comes around to being funny. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, but then also it's like, cause that's such a like, um, a it's like a very popular pop song so it's like yeah it's very like superficial like i'm titanium it, like fire. it makes sense that she would if like her ai brain would just like pull that right and it and it well and it like it goes with the themes of the movie too because it's like it's yeah, such a popular song it's in, yeah it's so it's like a superficial thing like mm-hmm. it isn't there's not really much of a message there other than 
like the, the most words. broad kind of message you know what i mean and it's mm-hmm. the same thing where like she's just like this this husk of a person there's nothing really there she pretends like she knows right. like what uh katie is the going emotions through. are and stuff like that yeah. right she, but she has no she's idea just programmed a comfort not to understand right so she's like it it made like it's funny because like it's so like cringy that it comes around to being funny but then it also works on a thematic level. Like, it makes sense that Megan would pick a song like that to sing. Yeah. Because it's so superficial and broad in its messaging mm-hmm. that, like, it it, 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 this movie is very, ex- incredibly smartly written. Like, I was very yes. surprised. Way smarter <laughs> than it needs to be. Oh, yeah. I, I like, and, like, I, I think, I feel like we're propping up the comedic aspects of it a lot so far which is fair because there's a lot of funny moments but like yes this this movie for me also had a lot of stuff where i was like this is actually like tense and anxiety inducing yeah the the horror stuff is actually very scary oh oh yeah like it it's It's, yeah it's really i mean my i i think a complaint with me is like i said um you know these blumhouse movies not saying that they're not made with love but they are on a a, on a factory machine you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) so and and this director um gerard johnstone um great job but other than the horror bits the movie just looks bland like it looks like any other blumhouse movie yeah that's true Um, but the horror parts are actually very well directed and executed. Yes, like the, so. Yeah, it, it evens out for me. Oh yeah, it's um, it the the writing is part of what does it, but then also the scene is executed. There's like there's so many setup and payoffs in this movie. Yes, like, they, especially in the beginning. Right when we're just seeing like Gemma interact, like with the dog, um, the lady spraying like the pesticides, mm-hmm. um, all yeah. this stuff. It's like yeah. you don't see that in movies anymore i it's sad to say it's such a basic thing but like yeah you really don't see it that executed to that level where it's like and especially in like horror movies that's like essential yep like yeah you know that thing that, that your main character acknowledges in the first five minutes of the movie is going to be used later <laughs> yes if they have some kind of weapon, they're doing housework. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If they have a chainsaw, something like that is going... You don't introduce a chainsaw and not use it later. <laughs> yep. Like, a great example, like, it, it, it's, like, a setup that leads to a really tense scene when, I mean, with the dog, uh, their, the neighbor's oh, yeah. dog. Yeah, it keeps like, getting on her side of the fence. Uh, her fence, there's a hole. Right, yeah. In there. And that scene when Megan goes to get the Katie's arrow that she lost, and then yeah. she, like, reaches through, and, like, you know what's going to happen, but, like, yeah. you, like, don't want it to happen so badly because you know it's going to be, like, horrible. Because at that point in the movie, you care about Megan because of what she means to Katie, yeah, she's doing positive stuff to Katie. Right, it's like while, it's helping Katie grieve, and yeah. And while not in the long run, it may be good for Katie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which I think is the kind of the main focus of the movie. Right. Is yeah. and I think that is that is just a general AI thing, right? That's like a technology where I feel like a lot of these AI stuff is good for like short term problems. Mm. Um, but like the, the use of them in the long run. Is not good. Yes, like, you you like can't, the whole point. Yeah, of yeah, you can't make a parent, right? Yeah, yep. Like that's they're never going to be give like a human emotion like a parent would. Mm-hmm. And and Katie, if a kid is grown up, only knowing this robot, they're not going to be able to deal with the discomforts in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. If they have this robot that basically will solve any need they have both emotionally, physically, whatever, when they get out in the real world and realize that it doesn't, nothing's perfect um, <laughs> and they don't have their Megan to, to comfort them, they're, yeah. they're going to break down. Right. And it's also, too, it's like, um, it's, a, it's a lot about you can't, you like, she, like, uses Megan as, like, a coping mechanism so she doesn't have to deal with... Right the grief of her losing her parents and Mm -hmm. it's like that the whole point of that is like you can't like but like you were saying you can't like bury yourself in in technology 
to yeah. hide from your problems and not face them. It doesn't work, or it's not healthy, rather. Like, you have to disconnect yourself away from that, and, like, the best thing you can do is, like, interact human to human. Like, go to your support system. Like, be with your other members of your family. They get to help you get through, like, tough times mm-hmm. like that. And, like, um, yeah, like, Megan in this movie is just, like, kind of... It, she ends up being bad for the child. Well, good at first, like we were saying. And and that, that topic you said, I just want to use this to plug another great movie, is that's <laughs> very similar to We're All Going to the World's Fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is about replacing your problems with being terminally online. <laughs> um, so if you have HBO, go watch We're All Going to the World's Fair because that's my favorite horror movie of last year. Oh my God, yeah. Um, I wish we would have reviewed that, honestly. it's. Uh, I know, I know. Yeah, that's good. Uh, maybe one day we'll, we'll, we'll revisit it. Sure. Yeah, I don't Because it's incredible. <laughs> it really is. Um, it's, it works on so many levels, but... um. Back to Megan. Yes. Star of the show here. <laughs> so, uh, some some parts... Okay, we gotta talk about the iconic scene from the trailer. Now that there's context in place. With her dancing. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that shit ruled. <laughs> I, I remember people... And when that trailer first dropped, they were making fun of it. Because I think people were confused as to what this movie was. Right. Yeah. No, no one sure is like, is that supposed to be taken seriously? Is that supposed to be funny? Is it supposed to be scary? Um, wh- what is it? And then when you get context, it's all three of those things. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and <laughs> the dance itself is so goofy, too. It is. Like, yes. It's just her like waving her arms. Right. Yeah. And it is kind then, of like it. It reminds me of um, TikTok dances. How yes, they're kind of yeah. like satisfying to look at. Well, they're not like technically like impressive. They're just kind of like right. made to look. They're just there. Satisfying, and it, yeah, and it, it it makes sense with Megan's character because like it it's all about that superficiality, and like nothing is more superficial than social media videos and TikTok, no, especially TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> oh it, my god. Okay, I need to talk about this trend on TikTok I've been seeing. Oh god. And. Have you seen those videos? It'll be okay. So you're looking like your your typical like phone resolution, you know, your vertical smartphone resolution, mm-hmm. and there'll be like four panels, and the audio there'll be audio from like a, a like a sincere Family Guy moment, like an emotional Family Guy moment. What? Then there'll be like some another panel, and it's all in the same frame of a guy playing like Temple Run, and then on the top <laughs> it'll be like someone like aesthetic, like satisfying stuff, like soap cutting or whatever and it's like all this it's just like sensory overload what the have you hell? seen those no i have never heard I, of that okay i thought it was a shit post the first one i saw because i'm like ah you know family guys in it, it's a shit post you know <laughs> yeah and then people were like i saw more and more and i'm like what the fuck is going on so i started going in the comments of these posts and people are like this is like what my like six-year-old like nephew watches all day and they're like showing his phone it's just these videos <laughs> it's, it's literally just like over stimulus <laughs> and and it and i mean okay i i don't have a problem like i don't think kids should necessarily be restricted to like screen time mm-hmm. or whatever but if it is just hours of that <laughs> that is very damaging <laughs> oh yeah to a child's mind i, I don't know about you but i found I was I was even guilty of this this week where I was um, watching Banshees of Inisherin and then I was playing a board game at the same time. Yeah, where it's like not enough dopamine. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like something about the way that technology has progressed and the way like our brains have reacted to it. It's like we just we just constantly need something entertaining. Right, and it's like at a certain point you're like watching a movie and you're on your phone. Yeah. And it's like, what am I doing? Like, I feel like I... For me, yeah. chores, cooking, and eating. I always have a YouTube video on. Um, oh, I yeah. always have a podcast going. Yeah. Um, I always just need something. <laughs> Even if I don't give a shit. Like, like I'll watch, like, just a... Okay, like, recently I watched a random YouTube video that was recommended to me about, like, the original creator of the Sonic comics and the big lawsuit he got into of Sega. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about Sonic. I don't care about comics. 
Yeah, I watched this whole hour documentary on it. You know? That sounds interesting, though. I'd watch that. It is very interesting, and it's just as much cringe as you expect. Oh, nice. <laughs> but you would like it because comics. And it, I, it's, it's a lot of interesting stuff about... Um, uh create like ownership of characters versus the property yes that's you know yeah that's a so big like, controversy in the comics like world. if like if you make your own character for dc who owns it mm-hmm. but but it's so funny because this dude basically fought for his characters and sega was so petty when he like eventually i guess won to some degree that instead of just like maybe starting a new timeline, they literally just fucking killed all of his characters. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's brutal. Which I guess, and I guess that whole reason is why the comic series is just fucked for Sonic even today. Wow. That's crazy. Um, they kind of fell into, I think, the whole Marvel's getting into now with all these multiverses. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which, to get themselves out of that corner they wrote themselves into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a very common thing in the comic book world. Seems. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> Just from hearing you talk about it. That reminds me of, uh, it's, I'll go, well, we gotta get back to Bingham, so I'll make this a quick story. But it's another quick tangent. Tangent, tangentially related comic book uh, industry story. But yeah, it's like, there's countless stories of that where it's like, um, one of the most famous comic books of all time, arguably the best comic book ever made, Watchmen. Um, mm-hmm. Alan Moore created those characters. He made a contract with DC back in the day, and this was bef- back before comics ever were re- reprinted. Like when okay. when that issue came out on the stands, that was it. You get that issue right. that week, or it's gone forever. Like we're not making it again. Uh-huh. So they said, okay, yeah, you get ownership of your characters, Alan Moore. Once the comic goes out of print. Because that back then mm. it was like you never reprinted stuff. So then all of a right. sudden DC makes an initiative where they start reprinting Watchmen, and then they made a collected version mm. of it. So ever since then, they keep re- making new editions of Watchmen to keep reprinting it and keep getting money. Because if they don't, they're gonna lose those characters back down more. So basically, they scammed his ass, and now he just lost those characters forever. Lost the characters. Yeah, it's brutal. From what I've learned about comics, is always the artists and writers get screwed. <laughs> oh yeah, it's and always it's the companies win. Yeah, I mean, just and not for the better. Just look at the movies and like, oh, like oh. um, the you know like you, you comic book creators get will get like a shout out in the movie like oh Thanos created by um yeah uh whoever it is Jim Starlin that's who it is and mm-hmm. that's it. They don't see any royalties from that. They don't see anything else. Oh, that's bullshit. It's like it very rarely do they. And it's usually because the director is a nice guy or the writer and they bring mm-hmm. him in like um, the Suicide Squad, the new one James Gunn did. They brought yeah. in the original creator of the Suicide Squad as a cameo. So then he at least has oh. a paycheck as a cameo. Gotcha. Because um, like, yeah, oh, that's nice. But stuff like that, it's just it's very fucked up. But anyway, mm. back to Megan. Back to Megan. <laughs> I don't even remember how we got on that tangent. <laughs> Good question. I already don't remember. Oh, we're, because we're technology about... has fueled my brain with dopamine and I have short-term memory loss. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait. So, okay. One one character I want to talk about here, yeah. Um, and this for me was maybe in the con territory is Gemma. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I I didn't like her. <laughs> like okay, but it's weird because I connect with her a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I never I'm bad with kids. I if there's a child in front of me, I don't know what to do. Yeah, like like if someone's like oh hey can you like watch my kid i'm like no what why you're trusting me with this thing Mm -hmm. you know like i don't like i just talk to kids like an adult i don't know i i just never know what to do because i i'm like an only child i've never really like all my like cousins and like family have always been around my age oh i see so i i've never had the need to interact with, with children so i'm very bad at it much like Gemma, who clearly did not want to be um like a parent at all mm-hmm. uh 
and like i mean like one example like she has like her collectible toys oh yeah know? that was funny and katie's like oh like I'll, you have toys that's cool and she's like no those are collectibles they're toys <laughs> you don't play with you know <laughs> so so in some way i i connect with Gemma, especially her being like a tech person yeah yeah um yeah like there's one part i liked when she's like hey i gotta work can you just like keep yourself entertained you can play on my ipad and katie's like okay well like what's my screen time and she's like what what are you talking about katie's like you know how long like before i had like an hour of screen time a day and Gemma's like i don't give a shit dude like who cares you know right (laughs) right which probably isn't 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 good you know considering what kids are watching those fucking family guy aesthetic temple run tiktoks Mm -hmm. but um yeah i don't know i i connected to her with sub level um but the problem is i just don't think her character's that likable and and for for two big reasons for me is and i think it's it's more the script's fault is you never um see her connection to her sister at all yeah um yeah everything is just kind of stated oh i told her i would take katie if something happened Mm -hmm. to her which which weird thing to i don't know say yeah like at any time like if i die you're gonna take my kid and don't let her live with her grandparents in florida um (laughs) so i don't know her just not understanding the situation like i almost seemed like and her we never get that establishment with her sister or that connection and it seems like she isn't all that grief stricken either um oh yeah i i actually could... i i will um disagree with this because i actually think that they okay. accounted for that in the script because i do think they mentioned early on in the movie that her and her sister were estranged at that point oh they were yeah, that's right and, okay uh, basically the sister but, oh, and she died. feels kind of guilty so she's like i have to keep her wish right yeah she the sister wanted the dead sister wanted Gemma to take her child so then she's like, oh, I will yeah. take the child, like as a kind of a way of making it up to her because they had not been talking for a while. Mm-hmm. So I think so. I yeah. thought that was fine. I don't know. I, I get it. But I don't know. You just never get that, I guess, emotional connection. And and honestly, like considering Gemma's character being like a super workaholic, um, she's very selfish. <laughs> she <laughs> <You> is. <know>? Yes. <laughs> she's very selfish. I would. Uh, the second realistically the second that service person was like hey you know she has like loving grandparents in florida she'd be like fuck yeah take them you know what i mean like yeah maybe maybe i'm just a terrible person but that i would be like uh yeah like you know i didn't (laughs) like it's shitty but like if she's gonna have a better life like i don't know how to take care of her yeah i clearly don't it was a selfish thing still though because she the only reason she took her was to make herself feel better about yeah her right, sister. her sister. So it was still like a a selfish thing, um, but I, mean, I don't know. I, I I do think it. I thought it was fine. I, th- I do think she is likable, but I think it's intentional because she goes through a character arc where she becomes. I will say she better. does have a decent arc, and by the end, I was changed. Yes. But, yeah. But there's one part <laughs> that that made me fucking despise her. <laughs> oh God! Is when. <laughs> the dog first bites katie which yeah bad bad okay yeah um but she's like i want that dog put down (laughs) that is a red flag for me (laughs) that is when i was like this is the biggest worst person in any movie i've seen (laughs) and and okay i'm not saying the dog was in the right but katie went on her side the dog side. Oh yeah, and got bit. Yeah, that dog wasn't on her side. <laughs> that dog was just living its life. I don't know. I I was fine with that because it was like mm. it was like months of. It, they imply it's been months that she's been dealing with that dog. Yeah, but and nothing I don't know. has been I... done about it. It was it was a more thing set out of like anger. Or frustration in the moment. Rather Unless than it was. a dog ate my firstborn, then <laughs> that's like the only situation where I'd be like, "Put that dog down." <laughs> okay, that's, I, that's I'm, fair. I'm a dog guy. I know how dogs think. If, if, like Steve Irwin said, it's never the humans' fault, or it's never the animals' fault. It's always the humans' fault. Yeah, you have to understand that's an animal. Yeah, okay, that's just me. That's just 
uh, th- but that that set that little moment of her, and I understand your argument. I understand, <laughs> but it's not going to change the fact that I wanted to punch her in the face in that moment. <laughs> yeah, that's no, I, I understand that too. That's completely and fair. that sat with me the entire movie. Like even at the emotional parts when like her and Katie make up, I'm just like, oh, she still wanted to kill that dog. Fuck her, you know. <laughs> So that, I get left, you. that left a bitter taste in my mouth. <laughs> I don't blame you. Now that you explain it that way, <laughs> so that was that was just something for me, you know. Yeah, That's here funny. I am saying this, and I go I'm like, "Oh, Cannibal Holocaust, my favorite movie." <laughs> yeah, but, no. Well, no, and it's also yeah, she does a lot of unlikable things early on. I think, um, and that's still the point. Yeah, because she's not fit to be a parent. Right. I think the worst and thing she does for me is um it like creates a killing mid robot. Well that. But that wasn't <laughs> intentional. But she um she brings she kind of exploits Katie's grief yes. to get her oh, to gain yeah. get further in her career. Yes. Because um, she knows that Megan's like feeding off of it. Right. And it'll yeah. make her look better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was pretty bad. But um, that also sets up one of the. It's like all the the theme. Everything in this movie kind of goes back to one central theme, and that's like, you know, like you see kids all every every day where like parents will just hand them an iPad to get them to shut up. Oh yeah, and they just don't yeah. give a shit because they have other problems they're dealing with. They got work they're concerned about that and like they just can't even bring themselves to deal with their own child in a person to person kind mm-hmm. of way so they'd rather just shove an iPad in their face and it was like right. Gemma, Gemma in this movie uses um, her work to like get into her own personal life which I feel like happens a lot these days more yeah. so than it did before where it's especially like, now that we're so connected yeah it's like your whole it's like it's almost like the work culture now is like your whole life is built around work like everything career, yeah mm-hmm. yeah it goes back to work in some way and that was like part of like putting that theme and making it more effective was showing Gemma like literally using her own blood her own blood's grief to kind of get herself yeah. further and exploited by like putting her in front of Megan and making videos like showing them off to investors it was like mm-hmm. you're literally letting work consume your life so much that you are you you're like literally abusing your own family member. Yeah, like yeah, you're like emo- <laughs> that's emotional abuse. It is. It really is. <laughs> hey, I know you just lost your parents like a week ago, but I'm gonna put you in a room in front of a bunch of people and watch you cry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Actually, it it it's it's pretty bad, and it um. It also kind of reminded me of this is not really true of movies, but I don't know if you notice this, but um, the music industry today or like people's reaction and like kind of the artists, mm-hmm. yeah, well, the way they make music now, it's like artists are like kind of like applauded for like putting all their like dirty laundry in their music. Like, oh, yeah, like being all personal, right? Being all personal, like putting like, that's out Eminem's entire career. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like music is like the most genre that's the most guilty of that. Where I feel like it's kind of fucked mm. up in a way that artists, in order to be seen as like credible or like real, it's like they have to like put like talk about their depression or talk about something horrible that happened in their life. Like, yeah, and they're kind of almost applauded for it. I feel like that was mm. kind of what that was trying to lean in, especially when near the right. end of the movie where they have they're showing that bi- video on like big screen of. Katie like mm-hmm. talking to Megan and talking about her parents and all this like emotional music under it and like that's when Jenna's like yeah, kind of has that aha moment. She sees that and she's like, "Wow, what I'm doing is horrible." Like, I, yeah, I just exploited my niece, right? <laughs> to move on in like the corporate world. Yes, it's just it it has very um and it's very intelligently written. And, like, it's kind of crazy that I'm saying this about a stupid, like, doll movie. Yeah, a doll movie, yeah. I know, it's, like, bizarre, but, like, that's... These are the kind of movies that I love. It's, like, something so ridiculous that, like, no one should take it seriously, and then they somehow make it, they ground it 
to our reality and they make it emotional and make you care. That's that's what we need more of in movies is get a stupid idea and make it make it serious. Like take have all the characters take it serious. Yeah. Yep. And like I, the fact that you have like a, a murderous doll on the loose. <laughs> and then we also have this story about you know an aunt taking in her niece <laughs> oh yes <laughs> and these big heady themes about um technology yeah. and what it does to us and our, our relationships with each other and you know how how we react to that and how we shouldn't react to that mm-hmm. it's like it's it crazy that a doll movie like this can do that and still be good and it's not like hammering you over the head with it um oh yeah well one one thing I'm I wasn't a fan of mm-hmm. um, is that towards the end, uh, the Gemma literally explains all of that to Katie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is very expository at the end, <laughs> where she's literally like, "I guess I just made the doll so you know it could take care of you, and I don't have to do anything." And blah 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 blah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. I was fine with it at that point because, like, you you have to kind of I mean, throw the again, stupid audience. Again, this is also yeah, a movie where a doll killed an old lady with just spraying her with pesticides and her skin melted. Dude, that was funny. So that was fun. Okay, let's talk about the kills in this. Yeah. Because, okay. <laughs> so this movie, there there's two cuts of it. There's the R-rated cut, which was more gory, and then the PG-13 cut, which got the theatrical release. And I assume they wanted the PG-13 cut um, because more people would be see it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just rules of movies. Um, but they were like, they defended like, oh, like a PG-13 cut scarier. But now I really want to see the R-rated cut. And I hope when this gets a physical release that they have that. Oh, yeah. Because it's made. Yeah. Because I want to see the gore. <laughs> Me too. I, I'm just imagining what that um, pressure washer scene yeah. would have looked like. Uh, like, I just, I, I'm imagining like, because this movie is... is that is another plus of this movie. It's very heavy on practical effects. Yes, um, I was very surprised. Yeah, for one, I think that it makes it really effective and makes Megan feel real and, like, actually a threat. It is like, all yeah. of Megan's stuff is done practically. Like, it's a person in a suit. Yeah, it's a it's like a kid, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think that a lesser movie would have definitely done a mixture of CGI, probably mostly CGI. And yeah. So I feel like that was I, I can just imagine that pressure washer scene being like some really good like uh, practical mm-hmm. effect where like face the, melting yeah face melting and shit and the skin peeling yeah. back like that'd be awesome mm-hmm. yeah and I mean for a PG thirteen movie this it goes kind of hard it does like when she pulled that kid's ear off <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like stretched super far <laughs> yeah that was so painful looking <laughs> yeah. I never. I and, will. I'll give the movie this too. I I never felt like I was watching a PG thirteen movie. Or no. I, I never, yeah, that is true. I never felt like oh they cut that because it was going to be too gory. Like I. It, no. Yeah. It all felt very appropriate, and I was surprised right. by that. Yeah, and they're just it's just goofy. Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like again, like she just like dances and serves it up. And then immediately grabs a giant industrial paper cutter and kills a man. Oh my god, yeah. And it's hilarious. Man, and and great. we we gotta talk about the ending. So I guess spoiler from here on out. Um, <laughs> but the, we get a robot fight. Which... I, I figured was coming when they, they introduced Gemma, I guess, designed this prototype. It's one of those robots that, like, you connect the gloves and it, like, mimics your movements. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is going to be used to probably fight Megan <laughs> yeah. at some point. But but I completely forgot about it by the, the, the time of the movie where I was like, I'm like, oh, that's kind of stupid. Because when they first introduced it, you're still not sure what kind of movie this is. Mm-hmm. Because we're not introduced to Megan yet. Yeah. And then I was like, when they were fighting in the garage, I was like, oh my God, they're going to use that robot. And sure enough, <laughs> we get a robot robot fight. Yeah, that was that was really sweet. That was when I was like cheering. I was like, that's yeah, it goes yeah. full B-movie schlock. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the <laughs> robot literally grabs her and just tears her in half. Oh my God. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that. Uh, And... 
for me and they do the thing that i love like and i think why um child's play the first one is so memorable is that they show megan all fucked up like we go from like mm. the the pretty megan to just a disgusting monster yeah it's like, like her yeah. like scalp is like peeled back so she has like a big bald spot right. and her like face is all torn up so you can see like the machinery <laughs> yeah and, and it's, it's awesome it's, it's great. nice it goes with the themes of the movie too it's like it it's showing that you know the whole movie like megan is pretending to be this person and then no, the, she's not the end when they when Gemma makes her heel turn and she realizes oh this is all fucked up it's like mm-hmm. now you get to see megan for what she really is and it's this uh weird contraption that's just a facade of a person it's all this machinery that's just cobbled together and it's like it's very scary, um, and it's very cool. I mean, it's a, it's a robot fight. I mean, what's not yeah, cool right. about that? It's a, yeah, that's that's what literally this movie is just like it's it's cool. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like I don't know what else you want. Like it's entertaining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we were talking about um, sequels and stuff earlier to this. Oh, yeah. I would be totally down for a sequel oh. to this. This is going to get so many sequels, and you know they're going to incorporate the numbers in the name. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, what they're going to do with three, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, okay, one thing that I know they're going to make a sequel, one, because it's Blumhouse. Um, I think but they've, they've made, actually already confirmed that they're yeah, developing well, it. Opening night, it made its own budget back in one night. Oh my god, for real? It was made on a twelve million budget, and it got eighteen million that like opening Friday. Wow, crazy! Yeah, it deserves so it. you know. Yeah, and I mean honestly, I think the good word of mouth from like critics and stuff, like people were like, "What the fuck?" It has like a ninety something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. They're like, "What is going on?" Because <laughs> up until I feel like up until the week of the movie came out, people thought this was gonna be shitty. Oh yeah, I, I was. That's uh, what I thought. I was one of those people. I, I thought it was going to be garbage. I only wanted to see it because I I knew it was going to be bad and it would be funny. <laughs> yeah. And then it turned out it was just genuinely funny and it ruled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so twenty twenty three is already off to a good start. I I will say this: this uh, Megan is like, she is a great villain. Uh, she's yes. intimidating. Uh, it's one of my favorite horror films of recent memory, um, and I'm, I'm, I was so surprised. I, I I love this movie to the point that I doubt another horror movie is going to top it, just because it's just so funny and so it's it's entertaining. This is a perfect popcorn horror movie. Yeah, like um, you could I feel like you could recommend this movie to anybody and they'll have a blast. Oh yeah, this is just uh, just straight up fun. If you're into horror, it's just um, I don't yeah I don't think any movie this year is gonna top it. I just I just don't see it. Wow, <laughs> you sound like Greg Turkington here. <laughs> yeah, we were speaking too early, but um, putting all your chips in on Megan. Yes, <laughs> I mean considering I don't really know what else is coming out this year. A yeah, I mean, do we you know if uh, Maxine is coming out this year? Is that a thing? Ooh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we know yet. I don't think we know. I feel like we would have heard probably. Yeah, considering how good <laughs> Pearl and X did. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if that teaser trailer that they had for it, if there was no, a date it, in there. It was literally just like coming whenever. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, they they would have had big balls to be like, not only did we film two movies at once and count on the, you liking the first one, um. But now we have a third one we already made. <laughs> and it's coming out next year, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, get ready. Get ready for your dick to be pounded. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so, Megan, it's it's good, surprisingly. If you have doubts, I think go see it. Yeah, just go um, and expecting to have just fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's not super heady. It's not pretentious. It's just a good time. It's a movie. Yeah. It's just a movie. Yeah. That happens to to kick ass somehow. <laughs> yes, it's like I'm still in disbelief. <laughs> I I know, seriously. It's it's a it's a it, it, to me it's a really tight script. Like I it has everything that I love. I love to like 
laugh at like tropes in movies, but then I also like to be genuinely entertained. And it like it had it had both of those things in spades. It was uh, crazy. So, okay, one part I do want to point out, which I can forgive because the rest of the movie is funny. Yeah, is how they make an entire AI in one night. they literally do like the 80s montage (laughs) and build megan in one night well i definitely feel like that was playing on cliches oh oh yeah yeah. for sure but but i feel like going into this now i would forgive it more but watching it the first time where we don't realize like this is like a comedy yeah (laughs) because all we've had so far is oh this girl's parents died now we have to she's living with this woman that is not equipped uh, both like mentally to take care of this child and she's got like this deadline at work and a bad boss and and then we get a fucking montage <laughs> who who her assistant looks like um that uh, Barry Cohen guy Cogan or whatever his name is oh, the guy who's the Joker yeah, yeah yeah I thought it was him for a second and I was like no way no way it's him but it wasn't but I no. it looked just like him he does kind of look like him yeah <laughs> it's a very unique face but it, um, he does he does for me that was just like okay which <laughs> but it does play on the rest of the movie because everyone like they want them to like show to the the investors then show to the people like the public and she's mm-hmm. like well this like literally hasn't even been tested yeah <laughs> like we made this in one night in my garage dude yeah <laughs> the boss is so thought, funny too because he was just like li- yeah. he, he's like he's so like stereotypical and like over he's the top. a stereotype yeah he like comes out and, and he's like, like oh my god we gotta guy. market this now we gotta i gotta talk to johnny yeah. from hr and like get all this marketing stuff out it's like so stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah he like he like flips a switch yeah. well the second he sees that Gemma is now useful right <laughs> he's like i believed in you you were so great even though he wanted to like defund the project yeah right <laughs> oh god i i did remember another scene that made me like hysterically laugh too because of how stupid it was and it was mm-hmm. like another kind of cliche playing scene um when megan and Gemma are like fighting in the oh in the, yeah in the on the dining room table and then yeah mm-hmm. and then katie comes out of her room and just sitting in the doorway it's like is everything okay it sounds like you're fighting mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're like while they're like have each other in like chokeholds like yeah oh, everything's, everything's fine. fine don't worry about we're it we're just talking <laughs> yeah. go back to bed <laughs> yeah. and then she closes the door and they immediately start fighting again yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's like something in a marvel movie it is and the reason it's funny is because it's played so straight like there's, yeah. there's like tense oh, music yeah. during that and you could tell like they're executing it in a way they want you to feel tense but it's like the the way it's written is written so comically it's like Mm-hmm. it's perfect <laughs> and also right before that uh megan for some reason is playing toy soldiers on the piano oh my god yeah that was... which is so bizarre <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god it's just incredible stuff all around it's a uh, very enjoyable i was thoroughly entertained with this one <laughs> yes that that is a good way to describe it thoroughly entertained for me i think it has a lot of flaws but i can overlook a lot of them just because of how uh, awesome it is yeah <laughs> yeah so we're we're megan heads now i don't know i don't even, I, I i i can't really say much bad stuff about this other than maybe wow. um the sister thing i think it would have been nice to see what the what their relationship was like yeah before i think you're right with that um but I mean, I I thought everything. There's so many setups and payoffs. I felt that works, it, yeah. it was, it was like, you know, like there's there's so many legitimately tense and scary scenes. Like Megan was a very intimidating villain. Um, like whenever she was about to fuck shit up, I was actually like on my toes. Like, you know, yeah. I, it was it was good. It was great. I'm it making it. As you said, we're, we're Megan heads here. We're Megan defenders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is if such Megan a has a thousand movie. fans, we are one. If yes. Megan has one fan, that is me. If Megan has zero fans, I am dead. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I stand Megan. I stand yeah. Megan. I, I genuinely am, am looking forward to a sequel. 
Oh yeah, if as long as it has the same people behind it, that's what else. That's this, my yeah. qualifier. This is literally um child's play for our generation. Yeah, I I I completely agree with you. It's it's um it's just so good. It's it's great. I don't know what else yeah. to say. <laughs> so go go to your local theater, support Jason Blum and James Wan, and 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 gobble up that Megan. Yeah, just love it. Get your big popcorn and your your loud candy that's hard to open in the theater without making any noise, and <laughs> and watch Megan murder people and then serve. Because that's exactly what the movie is. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Go, go see Megan. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>